Warning, the following podcast, which contains strong language and mature content, is unsuitable for children or for the faint of heart. The subject matter discussed will be frightening and graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey there, spooksters, and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. It is Jessica, and as always, I'm joined by my favorite gal pal, Tara. Hey, spooksters. And today, because we are doing another vital conversation, quietly said for your everyday life, I can't because it's straight in my hands. Um, <laughs> but we have Justin with us. He is on TikTok and we will tell you like how to follow him at the end of this episode. But we're going to be talking about the Gabby Petito case today. And he is going to, because I don't think we've actually officially, I think we did like a, a little micro episode on Gabby Petito once. We haven't really dove into her case. So uh, Justin's mm-hmm. going to bring us all the knowledge. So excited. Oh, you yes. should say hi. I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah. Justin's rude. It's fine. No, no, no you're fine. Well, first of all, I will, I will do my best to bring you some knowledge. And don't think I didn't catch the uh, Lori Denberg reference you just did there. So, <laughs> so happy. This is why I named it what I named it. So. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it? My anxiety was absolutely getting in the way of good sleep. I would be staying up late. I couldn't stay asleep. So it was a lot I needed to get handled. And therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. And therapy has helped me with my anxiety. I have learned so many positive coping skills that it has just made me into a better version of myself. And we want that for you, too. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash SpookedGirls today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash SpookedGirls. So when we kind of approached you of coming on the show and doing this segment with us, you brought up that you wanted to talk about the Gabby Petito case. So what kind of sparked your interest in reporting on this case? So this case, um, I mean, to really give you the story, let me back up a little bit. When I first went viral on TikTok, it was through narcissistic abuse type material, um, Mm -hmm. my parents for that matter. And when... The Gabby Petito case started happening. My wife was following it actually very closely. I really wasn't. And then the Moab 
Utah footage came out and she was like, Justin, you need to sit down and watch this right now. And I watched the footage uh, with Brian Laundrie and his mannerisms, the way he stood, the way he spoke, the way he gaslit, everything about it was very similar to the way that my own mother would do things when she was, you know, being, well, she is a narcissist, you can't turn it off, but, you know, being a narcissist. And so from there, I started covering it. And then I became one of the, I guess, more known creators covering Gabby Petito. And then at this point, you know, it's, it led me to, you know, friendships with like Rose Davis, who was Gabby's best friend, and then Joe Petito as well. And it's really just a case that, I don't know, I'm just passionate about, you know, the people are involved are really, minus the laundries are very good people. And on top of that, we flew a banner around the laundry's house. I you know, that was a two. Yeah, that was that was me who did that. Um, for yes. the record. Yeah, we did that twice. And Joe found it very funny too, by the way, for the for the record. But <laughs> um, but anyway, so that is why. And it, it's a case that I think, you know, we're coming up on two years with it. And I think that it highlights domestic violence, which is always an important topic. It's a weird case. It's still, you know, there's still trials going about it, you know, as far as, you know, civil suits and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I feel like everybody probably knows, but do you mind giving like a quick, like the Cliff Notes version real quick in case we do have somebody listening who may not be super familiar on what this case is just before we kind of like go in more on it? Yeah, of course. So um, basically, Gabby Petito um, and her boyfriend or fiance, Brian Laundrie, decided to do a van life trip leaving from Florida. They converted this Ford Transit van into this thing for two people and just started to like go across country. She was an aspiring vlogger, wanted to be on social media, and they set off. And then a few months into the trip, there started to be a little bit of turmoil between the two of them where there was fighting in Utah, where we had mentioned this the Moab footage earlier, the day that that happened, mm-hmm. um, a witness had witnessed Brian uh, slapping Gabby, called into the police. Police found the vehicle, pulled it over, um, driving a little strange. They start talking to both Gabby and Brian. Gabby ends up basically admitting that it's her fault, even though it wasn't. And and what's kind of odd, and I don't know if y'all saw this, but after everything came out with the tape, you look on the tape, she looks great. But there were actually mm-hmm. photos that came out that Gabby had saved on her phone that they were able, the Petita Schmidt family was able to pull off of it. And she was, I mean, she was battered. It was, it was yeah. very hard to look at. It was, it was tragic. So I don't know how the cops, number one, didn't see that, but you know, she ended up admitting that she had hit him. And so the police could have arrested her. And to be frank, even though she technically was the victim, they should have arrested her because at least it could have saved her for life. Her safety, um, right. Yeah. For her, for her safety. Because I, I, you know, I don't know this to be fact, but I would imagine that spending a night in jail would probably lead her to call her mom or her dad and they would have probably put their foot down. That would have been that. So anyway, so the police stopped them with that. And then there were more incidents that occurred. And long and short of the story is in Wyoming, she disappeared. Parents couldn't get a hold of her. He ended up texting. I think the last text that was sent from her phone was like, you know, could you call Stan? He won't stop calling or something along those lines. Stan being mm-hmm. her grandfather, which was just weird how it was referred to. And Brian Laundry ends up back in Florida with her van without Gabby and just mm-hmm. acts like everything is normal. Mowing the lawn, going out with his family, everything like that. In the meantime, the Petito Schmidt family is desperately trying to find their daughter. They finally, after lots of struggles, get her reported as a missing person. And the authorities soon knock on the door saying, okay, well, the van is in Florida. Brian's in Florida, but Gabby is not. Right. And and then that's when everything kind of broke loose. And, you know, it started becoming a case with national coverage. And it ends up that Brian Laundrie you know, ended up escaping, going into um, the Carlton Reserve and allegedly killing himself. And I say, you know, okay, I guess the official answer is he killed himself, but I'm going to say allegedly killed himself because I'm not 100% convinced. 
I'm like, I mean, I'm mostly convinced, but I'm not. And yeah. I have reasons for that. And we can talk about that. But that, did I miss anything? I think that's pretty much the nuts and bolts. No, that's pretty much like the main. Yeah. The only just thing you really missed sure. was that dog, the bounty hunter was like. Oh, super oh my God. I forgot about that. Well, the dog, the bounty hunter thing is how I ended up doing the banner. So we can, we can talk about that, I guess, <laughs> later on. But um, I love that. But, oh but yeah, dog, the bounty hunter got involved. John Walsh got involved. There were some big players in this. And then they ended, you know, what I think is really great to mention is the power of social media because Jen Bethune of Red, White, and Bethune is who ended up finding her. What, what happened was when this started getting national attention, she mm-hmm. remembered being in that area. She had a dash cam. They were from Florida and saw another van with full, because, you know, you're that far out west, mm-hmm. seeing mm-hmm. a floor of plates is not, overly common so they were gonna stop and say hi so she remembered it went back checked the footage and when the people who are more technically inclined than i am started to zoom in it looked like they could see somebody maybe bearing a body Mm. or something so that's how they Mm. located her interesting it's crazy thank god for the amount of like it's like such a double-edged sword because like having cameras everywhere (laughs) has like documented crimes and help solve crimes but it's also like there's no privacy anymore but <laughs> in this instance it's really great because yeah. someone was able to be like okay let's go here because I mean that territory is massive it, mm-hmm. it is massive and you know unfortunately a lot of people go missing in, in parks and frankly you know without being too graphic on this and, and trying to be respectful my understanding is Gabby's body was not in great condition so mm-hmm. if had she been out there maybe another month or two, there might not have been anything left to find. Then, right. you know, it would have been a Natalie Holloway, you in Vandersloop situation where, yeah, we know that you did it, but we can't get the evidence to link you to it. And I think right. that's what he was hoping for. And that being said, one important thing that I did leave out that I think that is worth mentioning at the beginning of this is the fact that when the Petito Schmidt family, Gabby's family was trying to find her, the laundries literally clammed up. They blocked them on social media, blocked their right. phone numbers. And when the police knocked mm-hmm. on their door, they were already lawyered up and gave their mm-hmm. card the that they came. And these are people who have a child. This girl, you know, Gabby lived with them and it was just like nothing. And it was, it was really, it's really disgusting. Actually. Yeah. That for me told me that he did it because they oh, immediately yeah. went into the defense of like, we have to protect our kid. And so, you know, they weren't going to play along. Like our son doesn't know where she's at types. Like they just took themselves out of the equation, which ultimately made him look way guiltier if he hadn't been a part of it. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think Brian's or the case with the Brian Laundry. I think and the whole Laundry family. I think what it taught us is that if you just if you do something wrong, and you don't want to get in trouble for it, just don't say anything. Just like don't say a word at all, mm-hmm. and then you can get away with it. Because I there's no. I mean, I have theories on it, and, I, and you know, I don't know if you guys like theories or whatever, but oh, just because I'm a conspiracy theory, I love a good conspiracy theory. She does. Well, and I will find you proof to back up your theory. That's like how crazy I get. She's like, I will go dig. All right, well, I'll get. We'll get this one, I guess, when the time comes. But I, I personally believe this was pre-planned, and that the family knew about it. I definitely think they knew because it's just like how if not, how are you this lucky to have done this across the country and then made it back and just be like, chill? Well, he drove back so quickly. He must have mm-hmm. been. I mean, he must have not stopped for anything but gas and bathroom. Right. I mean, he he made it back. I forget how fast it was, but it was like like 36 was, hours from Wyoming. Yeah, it was something, I was say less something than two insane. days. Yeah, it was yeah. less than two days, which is insane. I don't know how many miles that is. I'm going to look it up. But it's. um <laughs> Yeah, That's it's hard though. Just even like yeah. thinking, you know, like from my house to Tara's house, it's a 24 hour drive if you drive straight. Mm-hmm. And that's further for mm-hmm. them. It is a 34 hour drive if you went nonstop. 
Uh, so and he then, did stop a couple of times. Yeah, probably. I'm sure he had to get gas. You know that. Yeah, that's yeah, probably from, from Grand Teton National Park to Northport, Florida, is 34 hours, 2,366 miles. Well, I guess it depends on like where and, like, he was in the because that's probably like the closest part. Well, yeah, that's probably the closest. Mm-hmm. So it could have been longer. But I mean, he he must not have. I mean, but I guess if you just, yeah, I, but I guess if you just, you know, killed somebody, you're probably, you probably have that adrenaline rushing, especially if it was mm-hmm. your first time doing it. And, you know, you're probably terrified and whatever, you know, if he got a high from it, I don't think that he was a serial killer type no. person. Like he, I don't get that vibes, like some certain other cases that are going on right now that I won't say, cause I don't want to get sued. Right? I don't want y'all to get sued, but, uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. but they might, but they might, they might be in a state that rhymes with Idaho. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> So anyway, but no, I, I think that, you know, he got back very quickly and, you know, they clocked him getting in, like, you know, some camera at 10 something in the morning back to Florida. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Just, just crazy. I mean, I could see him like having done it, having like disposed of the body and then calling his parents and being like, what the fuck do I do? And they're like, come home. Yeah, I'm sure. Bring, bring the van because they probably right, knew right. if there's no, if there's no body, then there's no case. Right. Not I mean, really. Exactly. Then she's just missing. Right. And mm-hmm. then they can control the narrative. I mean, mm-hmm. unfortunately, with true unfortunately for him, with true crime being as popular as it is, nobody buys it. Like if this was the 50s, people would probably be like, Oh, yep, she went off on her own, you know, like, but now they're like, Yeah, no, yeah poor helpless that's woman, us. like she got herself lost in the 50s. Right. Mm-hmm. He also is probably banking on it not garnering the attention that it got because most of these, you know, a lot of people go missing. In, in this country and all over the world mm-hmm. every day and they don't mm-hmm. garner the attention that the Capitito case mm-hmm. did or that certain cases just do. Plus, you know, honestly, the family did an amazing job getting it out there. Yeah, so. yeah for sure. Right. And you have to think too, like, this is like this was what, 2021? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is when TikTok was still like semi-new and so many, I mean, still so many people use it, but I feel like that's kind of what helps spread it too because the reach you can get on there is just insane. You know, oh, absolutely. I mean? So like we've seen it with all, I mean, just even silly videos, but it's like so many victims, families are using it as a tool ever since Sarah Turney did. And it's like, right. It's helped so much because you're right. It's insane how many people either die or go missing at a national park. It's, it's really scary, honestly. So if this had been pre TikTok, we don't know if it would have got the same attention. As yeah. They'd probably did. still be looking. I, I don't disagree with you at all. I think that mm-hmm. you're a hundred percent right on that. So yeah. Well, like look at the Heather Elvis case, like mm-hmm. a young girl goes missing and it doesn't get national news until true crime TikTokers and podcasters are like putting it out there like mm-hmm. to talk about this cold case. And so it's kind of, it's very similar. It would have taken, like there would have been years in between her going missing and people actually like hearing about it. It just, it became very like sensationalized very quickly. Yes. And um, yeah. And I mean, like you said, there's so many murders. I was looking up because uh, one of the things that Tara and I do is we try to like talk about like indigenous voices on the podcast. I think that's so, awesome. Like, yeah. And one of the things that uh, is, is like in the, that area, in the same area, Gabby went missing from 2011 to 2021, 700 indigenous women have gone missing. And they never get pressed. And, and you know, and, the sad thing is, is I've made videos on it to people like, well, what about the, you know, what about the missing and murdered mm-hmm. indigenous women? And I will make videos. I have no problem doing that. I like mm-hmm. it, but the issue is people don't engage with them. And I, I can make all yeah. the content we want, but I can't make people engage. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Last it's year in California, they, they had a bill that went through, they called it the feather alert and it was 
basically like an Amber alert for indigenous people. So that they, yeah. And I was like, really, I was really proud of it. I was like tracking that bill because it happened so fast. And, and a lot of it, like I got to see the, the other side of how like law enforcement works because you have like reservation law and then you have Mm -hmm. like County law and they Mm -hmm. don't always, they don't mix, they, they don't mix well. And so you have someone who goes missing on a reservation and it could be, and a lot of the times it is domestic violence and it's not looked at because mm-hmm. county sheriffs can't get in to do what they need to do. The reservation police don't have the resources they need yeah. and there's not enough help. So that's something I was really proud of in California is that that became a thing and that they can roll mm-hmm. out. So it'll be like an Amber alert. So it'll be on the freeways when we're driving mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So that's awesome. It, yeah. It's it's long overdue for something like right. that. Right. They're people. They, they should, like they if they people. go missing, we should look for them yeah i mean frankly they have more right to be here than us anyway so you know but yeah no i agree i think that that's long overdue yeah it's just like i was thinking because it was something you said earlier about i don't know if we were recording already or not but about this possibly being premeditated that like is sticking out to me now sitting here thinking about it because if you think in the fact of their domestic violence dynamic Mm -hmm. he Mm -hmm. literally took her states away Mm-hmm. But that's not even the part that I that that's, see. That's not the part that sticks out to me, though. You want me to share? No. It? I'll share. Yes. Oh no, no, no. Go, gonna... Yeah, go ahead. No, yeah. like no. it was just something I had thought no, of no. that I never like paid attention to before. I guess mm-hmm. I was just like, oh yeah, road trip because the van life stuff like absolutely makes sense. But yeah, and, and you know, ahead, he liked to be outdoors. She did, but no, I'll tell you what really sticks out to me. Yeah, I mean, not as much because they were both outdoorsy people. So that part. Mm-hmm. But here's the part that that has always stuck out to me. At some point in the trip when they were in Utah in Salt Lake City, Brian Laundrie decided to get on a plane and fly home to close out a storage locker. Not a unit, a locker, according mm-hmm. to his sister. I've had storage units. Actually, I have a storage unit right now um, on the other side of Tennessee. And I pay like 65 bucks a month for a five by five unit. Okay. So let's mm-hmm. say he paid, let's just say he paid 200 bucks a month, which I think is, is being overly generous. I, I think right. that he probably paid like 50 to 100 bucks. Yeah. He gets on a plane. He puts Gabby in a hotel for a few nights. And okay, well, hold on. Before I even go to there, this was allegedly so they could extend their trip a couple months. Okay. So he's probably paying mm-hmm. 55, 60 bucks, 100 bucks a month, whatever. For, let's even say 200 for go for a couple of hundred bucks, so 400 bucks. How much do you think the round trip flight from Salt Lake City to, to Tampa was? So How much do you think it cost to put Gabby in a hotel for the nights that he was gone, plus food and everything like that? Exactly. Do, much more. Do you think, like, there's, to me, there is no. There is no logical way that that was going to, you know, he mm-hmm. spent way more than a couple months of a tr- extending the trip would be. Right. You know, he's not, you weren't spending that much. You were spending, you know, you spent way more to go back there than you would have spent for probably five, right. six months more on the storage locker. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's when a planning session occurred. Oh, yeah. And I think the parents knew everything. Oh, I definitely do. I definitely do. I, it just also made me think of those, like, those memes when they were like, he's buried underneath her, or not buried, oh, but like hiding under her garden or bunker. Some of those, some of that shit was just wild. I was like, "Yo, always wild." Sometimes, you know, I can't say what I want to about some of the people on TikTok. It would not be nice, but um, you're fine. Sometimes, sometimes people, you're just like, "What?" Like, where they don't have a, like, yeah, well, you don't have a bunker. You know, like you'd have to have that would be easily searchable. You'd have to have permits for that. Somebody would have found. But people also like to. 
you know, I don't know who started that rumor. There is a person, I can't remember the name. Riley Lively knows the name. I always forget. But there's a guy who did, he did Brian Laundry on the boat thing. And he did something during the Idaho case too. That was completely made up, but looked mm-hmm. real. And I, I actually believe he probably, well, I don't say I believe it, but it wouldn't surprise me if the fake police scanner call during Carly Russell, the, the, it would not surprise me if this individual, this individual was the same person because he does this type of thing uh, strictly for views, strictly for clicks, strictly for... You know, for everything. And he's on YouTube. He's got a lot of followers, but it's all, it's none of it's real. He never apologizes for it. Worst case, he, he dumps his account for a couple of months, goes private and then comes back because he makes a fortune. But then you have all this false information out there, yeah, right. uh, which is, which then you have creators like me and like y'all who have to constantly combat it and be like, no, this is not real. Use your head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but yeah. Yeah, I, anyways, but yeah, so that the, yeah, Brian, Brian in a bunker. Brian Laundry on a boat, Brian, you know, all the places that he, I mean, everybody was Brian Laundry though. You, it's amazing how generic. Oh my gosh, dude. Yes. I kind of felt bad for some of those dudes though, because some of them are very clear pictures and I'm like, oh my God, that's like, like the guys who are getting stopped at bars because people thought they were Brian Laundry. Like that had to be real tough to date at that point. If you were that guy, you're like, I'm not leaving my house because. I, yeah, literally, and especially because some of them weren't even like close to where he was, and they were mm-hmm. like, "Oh, he's in Massachusetts," mm-hmm. and you're like, "No, nah, that's just some other guy named like Stephen living his life." <laughs> there was a Steven guy can't t- go to the bar next week. <laughs> the uh, there's a guy on TikTok. His whole thing was not Brian Laundry. He looked exactly like Brian. Oh Laundry. yeah, I remember that. I remember that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know if he still got Dude. an account or not, but yeah, he uh, he was like made the account solely so he, people would know that he was not Brian Laundry. Yes. So. <laughs> I remember that. You look like the generic white boy that is Brian Laundry. It is. He's so generic looking. Yeah. yeah. Truly. (laughs) Case has been weird too, because then you also had right before she went missing, um, you had the Mary Piglets incident, which was the restaurant that supposedly got into a fight with. And this was a weird situation too, because originally, you know, all the stuff that came out of it was, and even from other restaurants, I'm just kind of coming back to me that that he was getting aggressive with people. There was an issue, um, Mm, something with mm -hmm. the check. Gabby had to come back in and apologize for him. But then Mary Piglet, I guess after they got a lot of recognition, decided to you know backpedal on their story. Mm, yeah, so they, they and I'm like I don't believe it at all. Like you know, like you guys witnessed this. He apparently was aggressive quite through it, and I think with her yeah. too. Mm-hmm. I think with her too. Part of the issue was is she didn't recognize what she was in. I think that you know, like I promise I'm not trying to name drop here, but I I, I know Joe Petito. He is as nice in person as he is mm-hmm. on the internet. His family, they're mm-hmm. just. Gabby's family is just good people. Gabby's friends are just, they're just good people. And Mm -hmm. I think that she was raised in a fostering, nurturing, loving environment. And she had no idea what to recognize when she got involved with this group of people. Right. And I mean, frankly, I I would, I'll even say that I think that Christopher Laundrie, the dad is probably a victim of the, you know, the mom Roberta also, I would go as far as to say that, but it just didn't make sense to her. And I don't think that she realized what she, because she was also very young and, you know, Mm -hmm. she didn't have a life experience to be in this. And she was in this relationship. She was, you know, literally on the other side of the country with this guy. And I don't think think she knew what, yeah, she was isolated. I don't think she knew what to do. He was, you know, physically, uh, you know, and emotionally abusive to her, you know, that we know of. And I, I think that she just got herself in over her head. And didn't know, didn't, yeah. did, you know, didn't want to say anything. You know, you can't, you can't piss people like that off. Didn't want to say anything, didn't know what to do and couldn't get help. And it's, it's really sad. For sure. And definitely like where they were at, there wasn't a ton of resources Mm-mm. for mm-hmm. domestic violence. So I know a lot of people were like, why didn't the police like step in? And it's like, I kind of Googled it, like from where her remains were found to the closest, like to, domestic violence and it's an hour and 45 minutes 
So, but she wouldn't have gone anyways because a lot right. of domestic violence yeah. people are too scared because you know they'll they can go there, but if you have somebody bad enough, they'll you still have to worry about them finding you and coming after you. Well, if right, and doesn't do anything. And the time between, like, you make the decision to leave and you leaving is the most dangerous time because mm-hmm. that is when that other person gets desperate. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like, if it's not premeditated, it could be this. It could be that she made up her mind. I'm leaving, I'm getting in my van, I'm going back to Florida. You can do whatever you want. And that could have been a snap moment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely yeah. could have been. And and I, you know, with the way that they were fighting, the running with the police, the incident that we know about at Mary Piglet's, and I cannot remember the other incident off the top of my head, but there was a guy from, I believe, Georgia who met him, you know, out west in a bar or restaurant mm. or something, and they were talking. Mm-hmm. He remembered here, or maybe they didn't talk, but maybe he remembered the interaction. I care. It's it's my memory's fuzzy on that, but there was another one where apparently he was just aggressive, and you know yeah. they're in a they're in a confined area, you know, a tiny van, you know, with each other exclusively, you know, twenty four seven. Probably got a little tense. She probably there probably were fights where she was standing up for herself or was like, I'm going to leave, and you know, again, it's all hearsay. We don't know, but right. led him to snap and he killed her because the way even the way he killed her, and I, and I guess trigger warning on this, you know, mm-hmm. strangling somebody to death the way she, he did takes about ten minutes. It's a very personal way to do it he could have stopped it was not an accident at that point right but to do what he did is just it's horrible i agree and i think like especially going back to like the um the traffic stop video it definitely i think provided a really good example especially for those who aren't familiar with domestic violence whether it's themselves or somebody they know you know that kind of thing because like that's the thing like i think especially the younger kids like around her age and stuff don't realize it's not always like the movies with abuse. Right. Like there are mm-hmm. so many different facets of that um, on top of it. And the thing is too, like me personally, I've been there too. It's like you as the victim and as the person you're, you love that person, even though they do this fucked up stuff to you, you love them. Right. And depending on the person, and this could have been her, this, you, she may have thought, you know what, maybe he'll chill out. Like, we're going to have a good time on this trip. Like, things will get better. Because I saw that a lot in, like, my comments. And I'm sure maybe you did, too. Especially when that came out, people are like, why didn't she just tell them? Why didn't she just go with it? Like, it's not that easy. And yeah. it just, oh, God. I remember seeing that. And I was just like, fuck. I'm pretty sure I probably texted Jessica right when I saw it too. And I was like, fuck, mm-hmm. this is, this is not going to be good. This is right. Like, yeah. This is really bad. I remember like when we saw it at the very beginning, I was like, I know a lot of people were like, well, of course you're covering her because she's a white blonde. But I'm like, no, there's something with this one. Like there is yeah, weird. It's so mm-hmm. fucking weird. And I think that's why it spread so much is because it's like, we're in as toxic as the true crime community can be. And mm-hmm. oh, it's very toxic. <laughs> Very, very thin line to unethical for a lot of people, but don't get it twisted. There's a lot of great people out there. Absolutely. Us, obviously. Us three, obviously. But, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But you know what well, I mean? No. It, it, it's, any, it's any niche. It goes back and forth. But the mm-hmm. thing is, we're at this time period that's good for stuff like this because kids, Gen Z, us, everybody is like, when we see something weird like that, we actually question it now. We don't just be like, mm-hmm. oh, I guess she wandered off into the woods. We actually start talking about it. And with those weird ones, it's like, you know, that's what like engagement happens. And then it spreads and it spreads and it spreads and it becomes, it became an international story. And I just, 
I still even say now because I know some people like are over TikTok and hate it. But I feel like for stuff like this, especially like missing because we had just talked about uh, Michaela's case and they found her. Thank God. But it's like even those ones that are like that small stuff on TikTok in things like this and anyone who's a creator listening to this like we do have kind like I'm not saying you have to do every single case that's given to you but it's like when you have these larger platforms you do have a responsibility to mm-hmm. to kind of put your actions like your money where your mouth is Absolutely. you know what I mean it's just it's it's really interesting to kind of see how the true crime community over there has evolved since the Gabby Petito case as well. I know for me personally, I've seen a lot more people start having that open dialogue about ethical reporting because that's what we're doing. Ethical true crime content and things like that. And I know some other creators that I'm, you know, mutuals and friends with, they've pivoted how they present information or what they, you know, what they cover because it's like the, especially cases like Gabby's, it can yeah. go from here. Let me tell you what's happening to here's the click like that that other channel. Like here's the clickbait version, so you'll give me my views because this is trending. There's people it's who are just, into this for the. Mm. There are people who who do this stuff for the right reasons. People who do it for the wrong yes. reasons. And and I will I will give a, a shout out real quick to I, I don't know if you're mutuals with Riley Lively, but she has been on. Mm-hmm. I don't want to call it the war path, but she's been on a war path calling out some unethical creators lately. And just like, that. like flat out, like, like a Tupac diss track kind of, kind of call out. Oh so. my gosh. Love it. Look, I love so this. She, I, I probably, been, once I see her, I'll probably know, but I'm like, I'm horrible with names and stuff. Yeah, you'll so, know but, Oh my gosh. I love this so much. I love yeah, it's this. A, that it's was a like, fun journey. Yes. There was this I other love- creator that, sorry, I don't know if she still does content, but it was like, she would just find, you know, those like gross t-shirts that are like making puns about like Bundy and Dahmer and shit like that and she'd be like no this is fucked up like i can't remember what her name is right now but like i haven't seen her on my for you page in a long time but like stuff like that i'm like yes we need that so if right she's not and y'all know who i'm talking about just be like hey hope you're okay do, <laughs> do more of that content <laughs> right right yeah. and i i i do like that there is kind of this like ethical like people are calling each other out for unethical behavior i also do see right now on tiktok there is kind of this like bandwagon of that where people are just attacking true crime creators too because mm-hmm. they're lesser like a, like i have a smaller um spread or like reach and so they're like oh i'm gonna attack this this is you and i were well, talking happened to me last day. week happened yeah to me where people week. are just like oh this person is super sketchy blah blah and it's every single one of their fucking videos is about how this content creator is a sketchy person because they do x y and z and i'm like just no if they're doing something truly bad prove it Call the behavior. Mm-hmm. But if you're like just doing it because the clout people out there who are doing it, you know who you are, stop it. So I, I had that happen last week. So I had posted a video where I had misread something. So look, I, you know, I always try to have the highest level of integrity in my videos and post facts only and stick to facts. Even when things don't logically make sense, I go with the facts that are out there, but I misread mm-hmm. something. I'm, I'm, I'm human. I'm a human being. I am not, you know, infallible. So I, made a mistake. And within 30 minutes of making that mistake, I took the video down. Uh, Mm -hmm. Normally I do a correction, but it it hadn't gotten enough views for me to like, it really necessitate a correction. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I took it down, but apparently another creator, smaller one had gotten it and apparently just went on the, like the war path bashing me. And I, and I responded on it. I was like, you know, 
I was like, I took the video down after, you know, 30 minutes because it was wrong. I appreciate it. And that's what I said. I, said, I appreciate you correcting it with the correct information. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then she, she had a, fr- then a friend of hers came on and said something like ugly about my wife. And so I oh made it, I made it, but it was, oh, here's the thing, no. that, but here's the thing about it. The, mm-hmm. the, the comment that was made, like, I don't know if y'all have ever seen Anchorman, but with the part in Anchorman where like Steve Carell's character goes like, where did you get your clothes? The toilet store, like her insult was like that level of dumb. Okay. And so I made this video about it. Maybe I shouldn't have. It's kind of petty, but you know, (laughs) everyone's got their fucking breaking point, especially when it's your people, like your family, your people. Yeah. Hell no. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But so I, so I, I did this thing. And the funny thing is this was that one creator's, this was her best friend. The creator never Mm -hmm. once stuck up for the best friend that did this. And then, then she ended up, I like never responded to her again, but she sent me messages. She sent me like messages on my backup, my main, uh, my Instagram sent my wife messages and I'm like, I'm just blocking. This woman is batshit crazy and I'm not getting involved with this. But then like, I'm talking to my wife about like, I was like, this, this person's got like 20,000 followers. I've got 1.1 million. Does she like, does she realize like, if I really wanted to pull that, like I, it would not, right. it would not go well for her. No. no. But I think that in and of itself, going back to the ethics of it too, I think that if you're a good creator and you're ethical and you're honest and you you tell people the information they need to know, your account will grow. You know, when people mm-hmm. come after creators, especially large, you know, and the thing about larger creators, yeah, you're always going to have people who don't like you on, you know, that's right. the nature of the internet, right? There's, you have right. that thick skin to do what we do, but larger creators are large creators for a reason. People like them. And so when you have smaller creators that go after people that they like, you know, you don't have to do anything. Your your fans will do it for you, but your those accounts aren't going to grow because people don't appreciate you attacking people that they like. So, right. And then you're just negative the whole time. And it's yeah. like, mm-hmm. you're not even like contributing to the actual community you're tearing down. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And we're, and it's the thing is there's enough, I guess if it, if it's about views and, and whatever, there's enough views to go around. It's, it's, right. you know, literally make, there's yeah. millions and millions of people on there. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and when people get sucked into a story, they'll go look at every angle they can from every creator that they can because they're interested right. They want to get all the facts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't like you said, you don't need to tear. You shouldn't tear somebody down just because, you know, no. just because. Yeah. And if you, somebody does post misinformation and I, I've had this happen with a couple other creators, too. Um, one recently, like London, not London Bridge, her and I are I guess it's now London's Notebook. Her and I are now mutuals and she posted something. I don't remember what it was that I didn't, what she said, I don't think was exactly correct. So I said, no shade at London. I love London. Her and I are friends, but here's what we're talking about here. That's kind of the right way to do it. Like London's yeah. a great, yeah, she's a great creator. Yeah. She is a great creator, but she's a great creator and you know, her stuff is good, but we, we make mistakes as humans and you know, we got to look out for each other. I think that's something non-creator. <laughs> no, 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 you're fine. I, I, I love this because I feel like the the discussion of social media in the true crime community does go hand in hand with the Gabby Petito case mm-hmm. a lot. So I do too. Yeah. Totally because, because there's ethical ways to do this too. Because that let's so let's talk about that with social media and the Gabby Petito yeah. case and really mm-hmm. all of these cases. This stuff is I, I you really want to find line what I'm about to say here. This stuff is not really entertainment, it's news. No. Okay. It's, it's, it's not here to entertain people there. At the end of the day, there are human beings attached to the end of this, the deceased, the families of the deceased, the friends of the deceased that are having to watch this and they know what's going on. You go back to Rose Davis, Rose Davis got called in and was called everything in the book was told that she um, had something to do with her best friend's death, that she was having an affair with Brian Laundrie. And she, I mean, none of that was true. And people literally like went so far as to like, start like harassing her father you know, and her, and, you know, Rose, 
like Rose is great. She's got for, you know, she's 20, she's I think 22, 23 years old, mm-hmm. maybe a little older than that, but she's got incredibly thick skin for being as young as she is and she could handle it. But there's other people out there who can't handle it. And right. that's exactly. the thing, like to go start accusing people with zero facts. It's dangerous. It was the same thing in the Idaho four case. Those poor, like the people that survived. I don't know how much you followed it, Jess, but like oh. they were doing the same fucking shit. Oh yeah, the roommates, Bethany and um, yeah. um what's, the other, what's the other one's name? I'm blanking, but yeah, both of them. I can see you guys, yeah, I know what she looks like too, but yeah, yeah like they like they must have had something to do. They were texting about it. No, have y'all like ever been to a house in college when you had roommates you didn't really know well? Because I've I've been in that situation, and yeah, sure. No, you stay in your room and you're in a college, so to have somebody over that you don't, you know, it's not like mm-hmm. that weird. You're not, gonna, like, your, yeah. you're not gonna go like insert yourself. Yeah, right. you're not gonna, and you're not going to think that the person that was just walking out wearing a COVID mask during COVID yeah. just murdered everybody upstairs. Right. right. Exactly. And also, like, it didn't happen in the living room. It's no. not like they opened their door and saw him Michael Myers style. Like, and close literally, the door. Yeah, no. Like, and then was just like, I'm not going to get involved in this. It's like, I read, like, what if they were, like, having consensual sex? And I mean, would you want your roommate to, like, burst in when that's no. happening you'd be like oh my god this is so embarrassing stop <laughs> you know like <laughs> yeah like dude boundaries get right. the way out <laughs> so it's like people and i think that's the thing is like we live in a society where people want to like find the bad in every case and put yeah. that out because something you said it hits it's like they're trying to turn news into entertainment mm-hmm. yeah. and they're trying to take people's stories and basically capitalize on them and be like, okay, well, this is what happened. And it's so negative and they're so bad. They're such bad people. And it's like, no. Oh, you don't know anything about them. Right. Like, are you mm-hmm. there? Like, are you their best friend? Do you know them? Did they come to your did they come and sit down with you and have tea and be like, I totally knew they were getting murdered in the next room and did nothing about it? No, that's not what happened. It's yeah, kind of hard because yeah. sometimes I literally have to take a break. Tara knows this. I have to take a break from TikTok mm-hmm. because I'll be like, I can't. I just there's so many, like for some reason the negative hits my for you page. I'm like, what the fuck? Like like, mm. I just want to <laughs> because we talk like, about murder. That's yeah. why we talk about murder. That's why it's all yeah, yeah. right. Um, it's true. You know, that's I, why I, 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 I don't do my own TikTok. Tara, like it's been over a year no. since I posted a TikTok. And I think it's been like almost two years. <laughs> no, I did it. Only, I did one last year when my cousin went missing. I oh shit! Bored. Yeah, mm-hmm. I literally yeah. had a cousin go missing and Tara did, oh. like, a case they, did they find them? Yeah, she just like basically she just ran away from like her family because okay. she's adopted. It's a whole big thing, but like, you know, gotcha. and the community really did help because it was like putting it out there because they had no clue where she was when she went missing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's like, the thing too. Like we obviously think this way, but I wonder like people maybe who don't consume true crime really, it's like, you guys realize we're sharing these ongoing stuff to try to help. However we right. can, yeah. like the end goal is for them to come home safely. Right. right. Like, yeah. Yeah. You want them found and you want them found alive. And, and unfortunately, right. Especially when it's you hear somebody's gone missing, time time is of the essence, right? In these cases, every minute, every hour counts. So you know, providing people with updates as quickly as you can is important. You know, getting it out there is important, and that's I mean, that's what I try to do. That's what I'm sure y'all try to do, and mm-hmm. you know. But I will say this, going back to what you said, it is important to take a break from this stuff. I haven't posted a video in two days, which is not much of a break. I probably will tonight or tomorrow, but it's just sometimes you just have to decompress. Yeah. 
I mean, since we started the podcast, like my consumption of true crime has gone way down. Like I don't watch the same shows I used to. I mean, unless they're like fictional shows like Criminal Minds or something like that. Mm -hmm. But because of the fact that like one, it gets to my mental health because I'm like constantly dealing in death. And like, I shouldn't say never because we also try to look for like funny crimes when we do. Like we've done a wine heist. We've done the great syrup heist in Canada. We've done the whiskey one. So we try to find ones that have like okay endings where you're like, maybe someone just went to jail and like no one really Mm -hmm. was hurt type situation. But for the most part, when when we pick a case, we're going to talk about someone dying or someone being sexually abused or it's not going to be pleasant. And so mm-hmm. for me, it's just like, like, I can't follow. Like, it's so sad. Like, I can't follow other true crime people on social media because it negatively affects my mental health because I also have to consume it to then turn around and do the podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pe- people ask me, like, what true, like, what do you recommend for true crime podcasts? I'm like, I don't listen to true crime podcasts. Like, right. Um, I don't really listen to much podcast. The one I listen to is called Zach to the Future. It's a Saved by the Bell podcast. <gasps> oh my gosh. Uh, it's made me so Gianna, excited. Did y'all not know about this one? No. No. Okay. So, okay, real quick. This has nothing to do with Gabby or Crime, but um, if you fine. guys remember the, the, Zach, the, Zach, the Zach Morris's trash videos. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that guy who created those and Mark Paul Gosseler, who played Zach Morris, did this podcast together. Oh, that's um, awesome. Mark Paul Gosler has never seen had never seen an episode of Saved by the Bell prior to this podcast. So, <gasps> oh, so is it like a rewatch? Basically, yeah. You know, well, not even oh for him, it's not even a rewatch. It was just a watch, and mm. um, and they talk about each episode. And it was done when they when they were rebooting it, which I don't know why the reboot failed. It was phenomenal. Yeah, but, um, I liked it too. Yeah, but I wasn't liked it because too. it wasn't like didn't the reboot fail because they started doing it without like trademark permissions? No, is like they one? had like people from the original in it. They were just okay. adults. And yeah. Engel, Peter Ingalls dead, the creator, so or director, whatever he was. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So no, they had I think they had yeah, they had the original people, but I think they had permissions. Oh, I'm thinking of the movie that came out. There was like a movie that they did. Oh, the yeah. Unauthorized, it was like a yeah. yeah, and it was completely unauthorized. That's what I'm thinking of. Interesting. Yeah, there, there, there was also that for Gabby Petito, by the way. Uh, oh, lifetime God. movie out there. I refuse mm-hmm. to watch it. Yeah, no, um, never watched it. Fucking lifetime. I mean, yep. like they have they have done some bad things like with the Melinda's case, like between the two trials, like two movies came out about this, mm-hmm. about their yeah. story. So it's like those kind of movies, like they just, what was the, we did the one where the, the one that my mom was in prison with Betty. What's her face? Project. My mom. Yeah. My mom went to prison. Uh, you said that so casually. Well, yeah, just my, life, my life story. <laughs> my mom was in prison. Yeah. My mom went in prison because she robbed a casino in the 90s. Uh, she it walked out like, $15,000. Amazing. That feels like that could be its own episode. Uh, that God. should at the very least be a TikTok video. Tara, you can. You both okay. can do TikTok videos on my mom. I just yeah, have to get you. to the information. No, my mom is like, she's one of those people Amazing. who like, she was in a bad, like she was in a bad situation and how she decided to get out of it was rob a casino. And she literally like, I don't think I've shared this story. I'm going to share the story. because I think like you might've very, very, very yeah. like surface level mentioned it before, <laughs> but then it was like an end of an episode. We were just like, nope. And everyone's like, what, what? did you just yeah. say? And you're just like, nope, we're moving on. When my mo- my mom has since passed, but when my mom was alive, I joked that she was Ocean's One. Like she literally orchestrated. <laughs> like she had friends who came, and basically they would go around to like machines that people had abandoned their tickets at at a casino, like mm-hmm. slot machines, and basically cashed it out. And she ended up with like fifteen thousand dollars. Oh left. wow! So she didn't necessarily steal. Well, I mean, it's just... still stealing. Like you're not. But they left she... it there. It was abandoned money. <laughs> yes, but I'm she worked at, at the. No, no, she worked at the <laughs> casino. 
So well, she, you know, the person that you bring yeah. them, you bring your little card up to, or you the bring cashier. your like, ticket. She was that person. So she was like, uh, she, she, she committed a crime. Then, she committed a felony. Like, I'm and okay she crossed that. like state lines. State so that's lines. like what made it worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, then she went and lived. Like I was talking about this with my little brother. She <laughs> took my little brother with her because she, she just had custody of him at the time. And she took him and went to live with some of friends they had made when they were living. Cause they were living in Reno. And then they went to Fresno. They were literally like Coke dealers, like not mm-hmm. like, Hey, here's your dime bag. But they were the kind that like had the locked room with the people like in their underwear sifting through but she lived in that house so i was like and my little brother had like all the nicest clothes it's like so this hold one on. guy hold on a second so your mom okay your mom knows who like we know who owns casinos right yeah okay like that's a certain like five mm. families kind of thing yeah so she went so she went from from stealing from the mob basically yeah, pretty to, much. to living with live with the cartel pretty much <laughs> Okay, cool. Tracking this. Yeah, no, my, my mom was. Uh, this is a this is a there's this is a great TikTok right here. This is a listen. great well, sh- great. There's video. so much too. There's her mom's had a lot of ventures. Um, had a, so basically, so, see, this could definitely be like a series. A series for do, sure. How my mom went to. I should do this. I should capitalize <laughs> on my own trauma. You really should. It's my sit, trauma. So you're um, sitting on a gold mine right here. Oh my god. <laughs> she. <laughs> She literally like so she lived in this house and then they were like vote. <laughs> they basically yes. like she gave Pressure herself up, guys. right? She gave herself up, like she turned herself mm-hmm. in. Okay. Um, yeah. and basically like the people she lived with were like, Okay, you can tell them this information, so they'll be lenient on you. My younger brother's dad came and picked him up and took him. And then she literally was like laying down in the back of like a station wagon and they dropped her off at the Fresno police department. And so my mom ended up being arrested. She was in Reno for a bit and she was in Chowchilla in California, which is like a big women's prison. And Betty brought, is it Betty Broderick? Is that her name? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She was in prison with my mom. She was the one who, uh, she like her husband, they were like the rich people in like San Diego area. And like, she literally drove over to her ex-husband's house and shot him and his new wife. He probably mm-hmm. deserved it. I know? mean, I think his new wife his, <laughs> was his secretary. I'm like, let me justify not- it real quick. Jesus Christ, Tara. Uh, <laughs> but I was like, wasn't his Maybe I should have new said wife that. like his? <laughs> it's fine. No, no, no. I'm just. We've, fine. we've already talked it's about crazy for. Betty. Betty was yeah, crazy. We've already talked about her. They yeah, already no, know. So. That, yeah. But, no, I think that's where I was like, that's where I mentioned it. I was like, my mom was in mm-hmm. prison with her. And just like, people were like, uh, please back up. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, you you rushed over it so casually, like it's like it's a normal thing. And you know? I just am like, I just nod like she just told me it's seven o'clock because I like I've known Jessica for almost twenty years, so and I've you known knew her my mom. mom. Yes, I yeah. knew her mom, so I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah, that, my mom is right. My mom is so fun. Like I loved her, but she yes. just like she she made some choices in her life, and so she basically got probation. And then mm-hmm. my grandparents who raised me, they were my parents, let her cash one of um child support check for my brother and I and my my younger brother's other baby mama literally like called in welfare fraud. So my mom would that's why she was in prison was a parole violation, not for actually robbing the casino. Okay. So, yeah. That's it was a, that's some those are some decisions she made. Those were and you know what? My mom will be the first person to be like, if you make a decision and you get caught, you gotta own up to it. Mm-hmm. No, she she's not wrong. At least at least she was ethical about it. It's true. It was, I was criminal. I, yeah, I was like, I think I was like three and a half when she got arrested. She was at my parents' house, like my grandparents, my parents' house, and just was like, I was like, Oh, that's an interesting moment for me. So Yeah, yeah that's uh that's a good that's a good core memory for you. Super, like one of my first <laughs> What's um, your first memory? Well, my mom being arrested. <laughs> no, my mom was 
my mom and but i just want to say this for people are like oh my god jessica's mom is crazy my mom literally turned her life around she got out of prison yeah. she, that's awesome like, she literally like was thriving towards the end of her life and everything like that mm -hmm. so she like she really like if you met her you would have never guessed you would have been like oh she's mm -mm. very like she's she was a little crazy but like you wouldn't have been like she prison crazy but yeah a little bit of fun crazy is, is okay. Exactly. I do really want to find, like, I know this sounds weird, but like my younger brother and I've talked about this. We'd really like to find the people that she was like in like the Fresno house with. You probably don't though. No. If they're no, if yes, most of no, life. but like well, they're in prison. One of them is in prison for life. So I just I don't remember. Well, name, I mean, but, like, you know, when you're yeah. in those kind of crimes, that's a dangerous big, lifestyle. That's a very dangerous <laughs> lifestyle. The people, the yeah, people no. involved in that is is really yeah. but I just, The only reason we think this is because they used to give us gifts. I mean, I know that's really bad, but like my mom would be like, "Here's presents for you," and be like, "Ooh." I mean, yeah. they're not all mean. Like Pablo Escobar yeah. did a lot of good things for his community. He also blew up planes. I don't think they necessarily blew up planes, but I think they were like, you know, I don't know if it was. They, yeah, were, well, they weren't yeah, on the maybe. up and up for reals. Yeah. Real, real fun, like side note real quick, talking about death. Um, apparently, because mm -hmm. I just did a, I just did a uh, podcast on Tupac Shakur, the you know, assassination of Tupac oh, Shakur. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, apparently he, he tried dealing crack and he was very bad at it. He lasted That's like good. five, he lasted, he lasted five days. Good. Good <laughs> for him. He had a different calling <laughs> in his life. They were like so oh, bad at selling their crack. It took them like five days to sell it and then they were done. They're, They're like, like, we no can't. More. This is this. We're not show people. We're not like salespeople. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a whole different that's a whole different thing. But basically, he didn't want to hurt the community that he was trying to help. So, just, yeah, I'm so glad they're reopening his case, though. I well, that's why I did so originally for that pot for this the August podcast was going to be about uh, the Manson family because they just let Leslie Van Houten out of prison. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm gonna talk about that. But mm -hmm. then they um, then I saw that they served a warrant in Tupac. I'm like, well, fuck that. We're gonna talk about Tupac. Yeah. I, I love I love Pac. I love it. Love him. He's amazing. So love it. That is also a plug for my podcast, I guess. Hell yeah. <laughs> You're totally well. allowed to do that. You should. Yeah. Okay. So we did uh, our Patreon episode. We did like a random question. Random. So, yeah. And there's no limit to what you can bring as we've decided. If you mm -hmm. were on a, if you were going to be stranded on a desert island, what would you bring? And there's no limit to it. And you can go as creative as you want. Boat. We, <laughs> see, we didn't do that one because we were like, okay, we're supposed to be stranded on the island. My, us, we were like, our Kindle with like a solar charger. So oh, yes. Nice. So if you were just like dropped off and you didn't, you couldn't have a boat or any kind mm -hmm. of like transportation. Cause I was like helicopter, other shit. Yeah. Let's count those out. You have to be okay. on the island, but you can mm -hmm. have whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I would want something that could do power. So I guess we'll go solar. Um, mm -hmm. I would, I would probably want a record player and my entire record collection. Nice. That's probably what I would. I love that. I would like them to drop a very nice house off too for me. I said a tough yeah. shed. Yeah, tough shed works. I would, I would like a nice house with a metal roof, so I don't have to worry about that. Or probably, yes, I would like to go to a place that someone has already been rescued from and therefore had already built a shelter temporarily, and so then See, I, I want nicer anything. than that. I wanted to be like. I'm <laughs> You're like this. no, 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 no. You said I anything. To, <laughs> I, yeah, you said anything, and I wanted to be like I'm straight on Johnny Depp's island. <laughs> we were also talking about the fact that, like, right now you could probably buy an island in Indonesia because there's like eighteen thousand or some crazy amount of islands in Indonesia. Uh, so yeah, yeah no, I would want. To, I mean, if you had to bring something, like you'd want to make sure that you could play it. But I, you know, music is very important. Um, so I would love mm -hmm. to bring bring that. And let's see what else. Am I allowed to bring? Are you allowed to, Are people counted as anything you want? 
You bring people. Ooh, we didn't bring people. Yeah. But <laughs> the introverts are like, we don't want people. Go away. <laughs> well, I, I would want to, I guess, bring my family with me, make them suffer yeah. the strand, being stranded also. So then it would be like uh, a Swiss family Robinson style situation. Yes. Yeah. And I would definitely want a, like my phone with a charger internet because that would be some hella TikToks right there. <gasps> Hell yeah. It's just day 345. Being stranded on this island. <laughs> People like, are like, when like, are they going to find him? He turned his GPS location off. Like, they doesn't want to be, be like, exactly. Be, be like Dylan Mulvaney, <laughs> except, except instead of like, except being on a stranded island instead of, like, yeah, hey, whatever, being a girl. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my God. And then what if it like evolved so much? This is my brain. Sorry, Justin. What Let's if go. it, what if it evolved and it was like the Hunger Games? You know how the sponsors dropped stuff? What if like oh. TikTok? Because fo- you ha- say you have this TikTok channel for you and your family on this deserted island. It's going to have millions of followers. Just 100%. This. What if they had a way to like send you stuff, like physical stuff, not like TikTok live gifts, but it's like they drop down from like a Like the little, it'd be like parachute. Like do a drone. Like in Hunger Games, yeah. <laughs> okay, I love this. Um, I'm here. I'm here for that. I mean, I think I could probably, I mean, if it's a nice island, good climate, not not too bad in a hurricane zone, then mm-hmm. I think that right. would be good. Could be a thing for sure. Be, the one thing that about. none of us ever talked about was food. Like, if we need to make sure um, there's some sort of like mm. supply of okay. food. Okay, okay, question. Could I bring a cruise ship as long as it's not operational and I could just live oh. on a cruise ship? Ooh, yes. I like that. With a fully stocked kitchen. If you run it aground. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the ability to like, because then you could take soil and then grow things on the ship. Like, so that, you know, like from Uh, land. Yeah. Yeah. But then you have like, but then you have all the entertainment that a cruise ship has as well. (gasps) Just you and your family running around a cruise ship. I mean, it also sounds like the start of a horror movie, but. um, Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Or, either, either awesome or awesome or terrified. I think they should remake Swiss Fa- uh, Swiss Family Robinson. Is that what that's what it was called, right? Swiss mm-hmm. Family Robinson. They should that remake it. That but... existed. I've never seen it. Oh, it tra- that movie traumatized me as a kid. I don't even remember exactly what it's about. I know that there's, I just, like a, there's a girl that ends up with them, and it's a whole weird. I just thing, know it because but... of the treehouse at Disneyland. Yeah. Yes. Why? That was a that's a fun, interesting question, though. We got yeah. we got crazy there for a minute. I, <laughs> I, I do it. I do want to talk. About, we talked about this before we started. I do kind of want to talk about this because um, yeah. the Guy Petito Foundation. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm going to yes. just be an unofficial representative for it at the moment, and hopefully that's okay. But um, yeah. pe- people forget that this exists. So what happened was after Gabby, you know, pretty much immediately after she was found, uh, the family got together to create a foundation, and basically the goal of it was that they don't want any family to go through what they had to go to. They want they want people have resources to be able to find their loved ones and bring them home. That was the point of it, but they've taken it a little bit further. And now, you know, one thing that he just did in Utah and you can Google Joe, you know, the guy Petito, I think it might even be the guy law. I can't remember, but it's a law mm-hmm. where basically it, it's domestic violence. So for example, um, I will use, I'll use California because those are places that I think we will all know the States on. So let's say that you were in San Diego and you had a call out for DV with your, you know, your partner mm-hmm. and you didn't know everybody went to jail, but it was a call out, right? Like the police had to come and talk about it. Well, that's in the system, right? So like if you get called out again in San Diego, they're going to happen. But what if you have an argument and you're in San Francisco, the other side of the state? Nobody's going to know. Right. What they're doing changes that. They make it so it's a single system that if you are, no matter where you are in that state, if you have a domestic violence situation, 
in one part of the state, the other state will be able to know about it. They caught on top of that. There are certain questions that are not because right now, uh, you know, you mentioned that you were part of, you know, the situation. So I don't know if you had any run-ins with the police during yours, but Tara, mm-hmm. but the questions they typically ask are very, I don't say maybe aggressive, but they, for somebody who is a victim, they are terrifying to answer. Mm-hmm. And these are very uh, disarming questions. They were developed by, I think, a psychologist, or psychiatrist, somebody who specializes in this, and they have to be asked in a certain way. Police are getting trained on this mm-hmm. to help diffuse the situation and find out the truth of what's really going on. And now they had it passed already in Utah. They live in Florida. So now they're working on getting it done in Florida. So my point is, is go support the Gabby Petito Foundation yes. and it's GabbyPetitoFoundation.org. Their merch is amazing. They use really high quality stuff. Like I bought their hoodies. They like I love their hoodies. They're they're great. Their shirts, everything like that. So um, I just want to give them a plug because they are doing amazing things. They're changing the world. They're yeah. taking a, a horrific tragedy that occurred and trying to make something beautiful from it. I would just strongly encourage your listeners to go check it out, buy some merch um, because it does go totally. to a really good cause. Totally. So I did want to pimp that out. So yes, yeah. For sure. Because I feel like it's not really like so much in the news anymore. So it's definitely it's word of mouth with organizations like that. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's a that's a very, very important, not topic, but like they're tackling a very important issue. You know what they're I mean? Tackling, yeah, so. a very important issue that needs that, that is needs long it. overdue for reform. For sure. Right. For sure. I mean, people, elite people literally die from from this. So yep. it's it's something and it's not taken care. But you know, part of the problem is too, and I know I'm gonna piss people off when I say this. If you and I learned this from I think Tizian, but if you Google 40% in police, you will discover that 40% of police officers themselves are abusers. Mm-hmm. Typically right. domestic violence abusers. So, you know, that's <laughs> and I think in the situation with Gabby, one of those officers was. Um, that's part of the reason for the lawsuit. Makes sense. On Thursdays, we typically do like recaps of documentaries, and we just did one on the the documentary uh, Victim Suspect, which is literally about sexual assault victims who are then like the police don't believe them and flip it. So it's like, it's so systemic across most interactions with, with abuse. Yeah. yeah. I wish we could just normalize, like not automatically blaming the victim the minute, like, you know, yes. believe the victim until you have a reason mm-hmm. not to believe. Like, look, there's going to be people out yep. there who are full of shit. Amber Heard, one of them. Oh, um, yeah. Carly Russell is another mm-hmm. one recently. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. believe them until you have a reason not to believe them. Yes. Because... And look, and I and I I'm like a huge like fan of Johnny Depp. Love Johnny Depp, and and mm-hmm. um, I actually had some inside information about that whole situation, so I knew a little bit more than the average person did. But like, if, if he was guilty, as much as I, I loved him, that he you know he would you know he needs to be held accountable. But he he right. was the victim. <laughs> this is what right. we learned. And mm-hmm. um, Amber Heard is absolutely insane, and it makes it really hard for like actual victims to be believed. It is because. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I I think that's one of the things with the Johnny Depp case is that people don't they still don't look at him as a victim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this they look at him as like, oh, he won. Oh, his name has been cleared, but no one's going. Wait, she abused it. Like she cut his mm-hmm. fingertip off because like, probably because it's some kind of masculine toxic masculinity thing, as I'm sure right. what that kind of sure. is about. But so I'll just kind of share. So. My my best friend is a guy by the name of Kyler Clark, and he is Alice Cooper's personal assistant. Ooh. Now, Alice Cooper is in a band called Hollywood Vampires with Joe Perry of Aerosmith and Johnny Depp. So mm-hmm. my friend knew Johnny Depp, knows Johnny Depp, not knew, but knows Johnny Depp very well. And he would talk about the fact that, you know, whenever Amber was around, he would, you know, Johnny would be late to rehearsals. He would, you know, not be in a good mood. But the minute she was on the plane, he was back to his normal self again. You know, it really drink a lot. He would do drugs a lot. But when when she was there, 
but when she's yeah. gone, mm-hmm. I'm so happy he's away from her. Yeah. You know, on to hopefully not another toxic thing. But. Oof. Yeah. Right. I just like, I, cause I think about like the fact that this could have escalated for him and he could have, I mean, like with the fact that he was self-medicating himself through this situation, like she could have, she could have killed him because for sure, you know, he 100%. was, he was inebriated and we know that accidents happen when you're inebriated. And like, if she's um, being abusive, he might not respond and she might, you know, hurt really, really hurt him. Like yeah. I, I hope that he continues to thrive because he's like it seems like he is. So I think so, and he's mm-hmm. he's really he's digging his music right now. They're um, you know they just finished Europe um, with the Hollywood Vampires, and I think they were playing a couple shows in Boston, um, and then I think he's done, and then Alice goes on tour with Rob Zombie. But yeah, I mean he's mm-hmm. loving his music. It's interesting, but yeah, but I like we talked about a lot of true crime. I had a bunch of different things. This is how I our brain works. <laughs> That's how our brains work. I, this is great. I like it. Yeah, That's I'm why I was like, ADD. it's just casual. <laughs> it's yeah, I'm very ADD and I get off time yeah. so easily. Yes. <laughs> I have ADHD so bad. It's it's terrible. Tara says sometimes you're like, come come back. Please bring it Because I will just rabbit hole. And yeah, so. Well, I think that's what we did here today. And uh, yes, but I mean, I, I've really enjoyed, I've really enjoyed this. And I'm glad that y'all. Uh, you know, had me on. And I appreciate yeah. it. I guess that's yeah. how we're going to do it. So my podcast is called 50 Words for Murder mm-hmm. and it is wherever you want to listen. But the most, re- I only drop an episode once a month. This last episode is probably my favorite one that I've done. And it is about Tupac Shakur. It was not supposed to be a two hour episode, but it was. And, but now. it's, but it's, but the thing is we never go off topic and it's 100% about it. And it's incredibly like, like, I know you shouldn't like, like be super excited about your own episode, but like, I mean, it really, was a great episode. I'm like so excited how it turned out. Oh no, sir. Yeah. Hype yourself up. Like if, yeah. if it's Hell a great yeah. episode, like if you're not excited about it, people won't be excited. About yeah, it. I was like, I got I was I was so excited it killed me not to drop it early. Like yeah. I just was gonna like been there, been there. Yes. And that's how you're like, damn, this is gonna be really good. Like you're proud of it. You're just like it is a masterpiece, yes. as my daughter would say. But like Love it's that. you know, it, it came out really, really good. Um we talked about all different angles. Hopefully P Diddy doesn't sue me. But uh <laughs> <laughs> It'll be okay. Put the good vibes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I just really feel like at this point, if you're a celebrity and you're suing like some sort of like influencer or anyone, like just stop. Like it's just not. It's not a good look for you. You're not gonna look. It's people are like, oh, so you're picking on him. No. Like that's not nice. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. It's not. It's not. It's not worth it to them. So yeah, he didn't sue Eminem when Eminem called him out. So he should be safe. Uh, you're looking at me like I didn't know Eminem called him out. No, I'm. <laughs> It, my my ADHD brain went. Who would have won in a fight between Eminem and P today? Eminem. That's where my brain went. No, actually, I don't know. It depends. It depends on what rumor you believe on Tupac. I'm not super familiar because, like, what year was he murdered? Ninety seven. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I, I mean, know. I'm the baby out here. Listen, it's fine. I wasn't really but, meaning that in the rap when I was fifty. Was that how old I was? Nice. Did okay. Now this yeah. is gonna make me sound. Did Biggie die first or did Tupac die first? I can't. No, remember. that's totally fine. And and Biggie died. Oh, sorry, Tupac died first, then Biggie. Okay, like six months like later. Biggie was like the East Coast. right? Yeah, yeah. So there's a song, uh, and y'all should listen to it when, when you get off here, but um, called "Hit Him Up," and it is the ultimate diss track. Like it is, like Tupac is calling everyone out because what happened was in '94 he got shot while he was in New York, and to the day he died, he believed mm. that that P Diddy and Biggie had something to do with it. Mm. Am I crazy to think that Suge Knight is somewhere in this? Um, 100% sure not. It was the driver that night. And yeah. it is also believed um, that he, there's one theory that also believes that he could have been responsible for talking. Yeah. Well, because some people say that the angle was 
like could have come from within the car type. I don't remember. But that well, so not not to give away too much in my in my podcast, but there was so Snoop Dogg Snoop Dogg got acquitted of murder, right? I don't know if y'all know that, but mm-hmm. Snoop got died. yeah, yeah. And so okay, so Snoop and Suge were on a plane one one night, and um, Snoop, Snoop was sitting next to him. Snoop was so terrified of Suge that he literally slept with a knife in one hand and a fork in another. Suge mm-hmm. got mad at someone in a recording studio and then went and ran him over and backed over him. Yeah, like but he's, he's in, in prison. He's, he's in, in prison. prison for that. Yeah, twenty-eight year sentence for that. Yeah, no, I was real. I was like, I had a dog named Sugar growing up, and I used to call her Suge Knight. So that may have been where the reference came from. But like, <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure Suge Knight's in prison for killing someone. And I was like, I was voluntary not wrong. Ma- voluntary manslaughter. Yeah, he. Uh, wow. He is. He is an interesting individual. I thought I told I told my friend who helped me post that episode. I was like, I almost wonder if like I should reach out to the correction institution and see if he wants to be like on an episode. I'm like, you know what? I don't even think I want him knowing my name though. No, <laughs> no. Stay under the radar. <laughs> if I recall, Suge Knight should be out in like I think 38. October of 34. <laughs> there you go. Next next month's episode is gonna be uh, for and most people who are under if you're under 50, you probably don't know this story, but um, so I own a DeLorean, which is a car. And um, I saw your hat. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I got the hat on. <laughs> um, but I own one, so it's in the garage. And um, But the the creator of it, John DeLorean, he not, was not murdered, but he got himself into a lot of legal trouble where the government posed as basically his cartel to try to get him to traffic drugs. And when he found out that it was <gasps> the government, when he found it was the government, well, not, he, didn't find, he never found it was the government, we found it was the cartel and it was cocaine. Uh, he tried to back out in the FBI posing as cartel th- um, threatened to send him his daughter's head in a box. <gasps> so they took down his company, but a lot of the entrapment laws that we have today are like Dang. the majority of them are from his case, but his daughter's, his daughter's supposed to be the guest, my guest on the next one. Oh, <gasps> so, that's exciting. That's going to yeah, be great. So I'm super, I'm super stoked about that. Um, so we got some, we got some good stuff coming up. So. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Try to. I love that. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. Patrons who are watching this video, thank you for watching. Justin, again, thank you for coming on the pod. It was a great conversation, a lot of fun stuff, yeah, and a lot, lot of, of important stuff, a lot of important <laughs> stuff for sure. All right. Well, with that, we'll go ahead and see you guys next Monday. Bye. Toodles. Bye.